Yeah, Russia, the one that is fighting against uh, uh, And how many of us have been to South Africa? Uh, what about Mars? Mars is in the planet. I'm asking this question because the moment I mention all those places, even those who have never been to those places have an idea of what those places are, isn't it? We know we can talk about what Mars is, we can talk about Russia, we can talk about the Ukrainian war, even sometimes, even if you don't understand it. You will find out that much of the information that we have, basically about so many things that we've never experienced or places that we've never been to, has always been to the media. Sometimes it scares me when journalists themselves do not understand the power that they hold in their hands when it comes to shaping public opinion. And maybe some of us, because we come from uh, media houses that are not very prominent as compared to maybe NBC, Zodiac, BBC, we feel like we have less power and sometimes, and I'm using this word in quotes, we carelessly broadcast things that are sometimes are not substantiated. And without even realizing the power of what we are doing. And more especially in the times that we're living now, times of social media, where the gatekeeping process is non-existent, and where anybody who believes they have data, they have uh, an internet-enabled phone, they believe they can become a journalist. Some even people who have never even attended a journalism school are now journalists today as I'm talking. Some of them are even influencers. They have so much power, they have so much following, to the point that what they say sometimes is upholds much more truth than what NBC, what Zodiac, what Times actually say. And sometimes even when we are looking at those things, we don't even realize how much damage we can do by just one careless story. They say trust is very easy to build. It takes time. It can take 20 years, 30 years to build. It will just take one minute to destroy it. And that's it. And you're gone. You pick up a microphone, nobody's ever going to listen to you. So what is the media? The media is the window through which the public makes sense of the world and world events that we live in. Trust me, if I ask a lot of you to say, which side are you on between the, uh, the, the, the conflict between the Palestinians and the Israel, uh, the Israel, Israel, Palestine and Israel, most of you are going to say you're on the part of Israel. Even when you don't even understand what that conflict is all about, you don't have even a geographical, uh, a historical background to what that conflict is all about. And the only thing that actually makes you to choose that particular side is because you read the Bible, and that's it. And you make a decision to say Palestinians are, are terrorists and then the Israelites are, 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 are the main uh, actors in that, in that particular, in that particular uh, conflict. I've also always said, if, for example, you have come to Polytechnic one day, sorry, bus and the journalism department, and then somebody says, we will have a lecturer and um, a technician coming to teach you uh, in this semester. And if one day you see a white man and a black man walking into the department, trust me, chances are you are going to conclude that the lecturer is a white man and the technician is a black person. And why is that? It's because of the influence that the media has always had on us. More especially, the Western media influence. I will ask you a question. How many of you have watched on the news in which you've seen a dead American soldier being dragged on the streets dead? How many of you have seen a dead American soldier in his uniform with a plaque on, on the on, on, 
on his shoulder. How many of you? Raise up your hands. Don't, don't feel shy. You can't if you have. How many of you? Trust me, just as I, you haven't. Are you trying to tell me that in a war, no American soldier dies? They do die. What I'm trying to emphasize is the media has so much power in shaping who we are. It doesn't matter where you are coming from, but the media has power. And even when, if you go back in the days, maybe before some of you were born, if there was a public occurrence, people would only believe you if they heard that was on NBC. So the was asked, when I was on a rules, people are saying, oh, this is not done, this is not done. Even up until now, Zodiac uses the word, that's not done. Zodiac, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it. Zodiac, move Zodiac, okay? In other words, what I'm trying to say is, you guys wield so much power, sometimes you don't even realize that you wield so much power, okay? So, according to, jo uh, to Joseph Dominic, most of you guys who've actually done journalism, I think this was one of the famous books, isn't it? Dynamics of what? Of mass communication. He says the media performs several tasks. One is cognition. What is cognition is the art of learning. Two is surveillance. In other words, the media provides a, a, a role of a sentinel. It stands on top of the hill and actually surveys what actually goes out around the world and then picks up what is news and then it tells you. Then thirdly, it interprets. Uh, it's very common. I'm, I'm so sure the majority of you guys do watch sports, any kind of sports. Whether it's football or whatever it is, you will find at the break there will always be people who sit down and do some interpretation of something that you guys have actually been watching. So they will be telling you their opinion. And sometimes most of the decisions that we're making are from the interpretations that those two guys are actually what are actually making. Then we have others called linkages, transmission of values, and social uh, social utility. But for the purpose of this uh, workshop, I will dwell much on the. Uh, on the on, on the, the main three so why does audit need the media one audit needs the media because the media functions as a backbone of democracy by creating awareness of diverse activities taking place around the world in other words whatever it is that the people know out there about what is happening most of it is coming from from the media and this is the reason why audit needs you this is the reason why audit needs us Okay. Two, the media has a huge responsibility of making known to the electorate all that government, uh, government in power does. In other words, when we read the newspapers, when we listen to the radio, when we watch TV, when we read on social media, what we are doing is we are actually being the conveyor of whatever is actually happening and that is happening through us. Okay. Thirdly, uh, the media seeks to expose or uncover the weaknesses in the system which helps government to fill in those votes. Guys, we would never have known most of the scandals that happened in the COVID-19 if it wasn't for the media, isn't it? And I was reading, uh, uh, there's a book that I'm actually reading, it's by uh, the lady who is now the, uh, the Director General of the World Trade Center. She was a Nigerian finance minister. What's her name? Ngozi, okay? She says, fighting corruption is dangerous. That's, I think that's, that's the name of the book. So she's actually detailing how she, as a finance minister, the obstacles that she faced when she was actually fighting corruption. Now, corruption, when you look at the word corruption, it doesn't have benefits to people who are supposed to benefit directly from whatever is happening. But it's a lucrative business. 
they are people who are actually willing to kill in order to ensure that their corrupt practices are not so are not are not brought to bear. I don't want to comment on ongoing court cases, but from the transcripts that we have actually heard about some very high-profile uh, corruption cases that are happening both in the courts of Malawi and in the courts in the UK, you can actually see how elaborate, how deep-rooted, how intricate, how clever people are in order to conceal what? To conceal corruption. And you can actually see the role that the media has actually played in, in order for you and I to have an understanding of what is actually happening. Thirdly, the media, this, this is very important, is answerable, is responsible, and is citizen responsible. That's what the social democratic uh, uh, media theory says. We are answerable. Sometimes it breaks my heart as a, as a journalism lecturer when I see people posting things without actually taking a minute to ponder and say, what's the impact of what I'm doing? What's the impact of this thing that I'm actually posting? And even though it's not related, but you guys can actually agree with me that the problem that we've had with COVID-19, the reason why over what, one million people have actually died, a lot of it has been as a result of what? Of misinformation. And misinformation from where? From the media. And even from some of us in here, we've actually posted things that we have no basis of. We have actually done it and we've done it through our, our, our media pages. And we're going to look at that. So, and finally, the media has a role to play in ensuring transparency and accountability. So, now let's just go back to, now, this is going to be a double-edged sword. While Audiport needs the media, but also the media needs Audiport for it to actually report accurately. So, there are roles that both Audiport has to play, and there are roles that the media has to play to ensure that the general public gets to understand and benefit from the, uh, the role that parliament or that, uh, that our laws mandated uh, or to actually operate. One, we need for us in order to be able to understand what Oliput is doing, to actually distinguish the role that different institutions play in holding public officers accountable. As the director has said here, there are many branches, there are many arms of government that are aimed at ensuring that at least there is accountability and transparency in the way public finances, more especially public finances, are used for the benefit of the common person. And I'm using the common person because, trust me, most of you guys, some of you guys, many of you guys, are on medical aid. So if, for example, you get sick today, chances are you're not going to go to Queen Elizabeth Central Hospital. But if you are going to go to Central, uh, Central, uh, Central Queen Elizabeth Central Hospital or Gamuzu Central Hospital or Mzuzu Hospital, chances are, trust me, you're going to go to the pain uh, section and not the pain section, isn't it? And the reason is because you guys, we guys, I, the director, the deputy director, I mean, Macy, Winston, and staff, you guys have opportunities. The people that Odipod is supposed to be serving do not have an alternative. So chances are, if they get sick, it's 60, 40% that they're going to die. While you and I have a 50, 50, sometimes even 60, sometimes even 78%. People are dying of malaria out there in our villages. People are dying of diarrhea. Imagine, people are dying of diarrhea. And when you look, and when you look at what is actually happening, it's not because the government can provide. They can. But look at where the money is actually going. Today, we are actually having to depend on the IMF 
to determine the value of our parents. And when you look at, I think I was talking to, um, look at the name, okay. yes, yeah, when we were outside there, we were discussing about, so we're looking at that here, and we're looking at how naturally endowed our country is. And that is trying to say, you know, our problem is not because we don't have natural resources or because we don't have any other resources, but it's because of lack of accountability and transparency. So we have to understand that they are institutions, and that's the first thing that you and I have to do. Let's first of all, not just superficially understanding the arms of government or the arms of public or the public institutions that are there, to actually ensure accountability and transparency, but to get to understand what they do. Uh, we're looking at the package that uh, was actually given, and I'm so sure before you guys came here, you were uh, given some soft copies of some of the things that are in, that, in, in those packages, isn't it? One of them is art. How many of us have actually read that art? Come on, let's be honest. How many of us have actually read that art from page one to, to the last page? And how many of us, after reading that, have actually called any of these guys from the directorate from the directorate and said, okay, what does this mean? How many of us have actually done that? You find most of us we will, we will, we will read this, maybe because we not mean but not because we have assignment. And as a result, you find because we are we are not reporting from an informed point of view, chances of us misquoting. And even misrepresenting what is actually happening are very high. Okay. Secondly, fully understand what Odipo is all about. So actually also, besides the act itself, they've also given you, they've also given us, like a write-up, a simplified write-up of what this directorate does. Okay. Thirdly, fourthly, know and understand the operation setup and the functions of the directory. Get to understand the four technical divisions of the directory. Now it's getting both. Can I take off my jacket? <laughs> okay, and get to understand why the declaration system is an integral part of democracy, and finally get to understand that the media is part and parcel of accountability and transparency. Now, so sometimes maybe the mistake that we make is and I'm, I'm so sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think what Audipod wants us to do is to write about the directory. I don't think so. Because trust me, I think we have so many institutions, public institutions, the ACB, uh, the Ombudsman, you know, the office of, um, that the, oh, oh, I mean the Audipod. So many arms that we can, we, I mean, we can spend time writing about it. I don't really think that's what they want us to be writing about. It's us writing. Issues that Odipot does. Something that somebody else in the village will get to understand. Something in the streets of Blanca who has never gone to school will get to understand what it does and know that in spite of so many failures that government is actually doing, there is something that is actually happening to ensure that at least public resources are used, are used accordingly. So, how should we conduct ourselves as a media? The first thing is to do thorough research on any sort of idea that involves the declaration of assets by public officials. In other words, uh, now I'm, I'm talking to, to, to Audipot directly. In journalism, we don't just go about covering news willingly. No. We have what are called news values. And trust me, the news values are against you. Because mostly when you're going to look at the news values, 
they always look for something that is extraordinary. And trust me, good things don't normally make good news stories. It's usually the bad things that actually make good stories. And we operate in a structured environment. So sometimes the issues that you're worried about, or maybe you don't have a lot of stories about what importance and so on and so forth, are not because we've made a decision. We are also operating in a structured environment in which news values play a very important role. So let me just give you an example. So there's a breaking news out there. Let's just assume, let's just assume uh, John Intab has been arrested. Okay? I am a lecturer, a senior person, something, something. And here you are about to tell us about the number of people who actually declared their stuff. Trust me, that's not going to make headlines. So the news value that we've actually used there is prominence. So what we are trying to say is, when we are looking at the, doing research of a particular story, we really have to find out the stories in the data that is actually providing that is actually provided for us, and actually see what does this data mean. Two, we have to be thorough in our reporting, and this comes only if we have to be thorough is only when we understand what it is that we're talking about. Three, be fair and accurate. And I think this is where a problem comes in. Now let me come back to you again. News ownership has a serious repercussions of how the news is going to be carried. I don't want to go into details about that, but most of you journalists who do agree with me. We've floated ideas in the newsroom which have actually been rejected. We've written very good stories that have actually been rejected, and sometimes we don't, why, we don't even understand why that particular news has actually been rejected. But us as journalists, what we're supposed to do is to actually thrive for being fair and being accurate. Whether the story is negative or whether the story is positive, we are supposed to, uh, to strive to be fair and accurate. How do we do that when it comes to audible? I strongly believe and I strongly hope this is just the beginning of a long and strong relationship between the media and Audible. Because if we can finally, all the times, engage each other, you will find that most of the stories are going to come out and they're going to be what are called juicy stories. And how do we come up with juicy stories? We come up with juicy stories when we really understand what that data, what it means if, for example, we say 16,000 uh, public officials have actually made a declaration. What does that mean? What does it mean to you and me? What does it mean to the villages? What does it mean to the general public? We have to be uh, fair and constantly engage with the audible. We need to develop our own story ideas. And again, it also boils down to the same thing. Do thorough research. Make constant uh, follow-up on old news stories. And finally, guys, let's use the social media wisely. So, I said we were going to talk more, more in more details because of, uh, of the issue of social media. And, and here's the reason why. If you're going to look at the penetration of internet enabled cell phones now, literally, I think I read somewhere, if I'm not correct, they say Malawians has more use of cell phones than they have of toilets in the rural areas. And right now, because of this cheap Japanese, cheap, cheap Chinese input, you find even in the villages, people have access to phones. I am on a, on a, on a, on a WhatsApp group from people from my home village, Shimondo village. They stay right there in the rural areas. 
and they post a lot of things. And that gatekeeping process that I'm, I'm talking about is not there. Literally, at times, I get angry to see at what people are posting. And sometimes we, 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 we laugh and start thinking like it's only at a many sana bilebu school, a many minya ama wanga posts into Zosa, Zosa Calvin. I have my aunt. Um, please don't do an investigation into who my aunt is, because definitely you're going to know who she is. She holds a PhD. She is Dr. Something Something. Okay. She was an executive director of one of one of these public institutions at some point. I'm giving out the details, but please don't. One day she sent me a very funny thing about uh, COVID-19, and it had to do with masks. And literally after she sent that, she, she actually called me to explain how me and my kids have to be very careful because of these masks that are now making way, I mean, making way into, into, the public, into the public market. What I'm trying to say is, it boils down to the same thing about how powerful we are as journalists. Sometimes we are the only Bible that people read. So let's talk about the social media. I have one example of a story. I don't know if you can actually see it properly. It's a story that actually appeared about into a week or two, about a winner of uh, 100 million uh, Aviata game. Those who do betting, I think they know. There is a guy who actually posted that story and said this is fake. And he actually used a particular language for this particular story. Let me just see if I if I can read what uh, he said. So, this is the way the story uh, say, uh, reads. It says, reality on the ground. Our findings of the alleged 100 million winner by Premier Pete. On the 20th of May 2020, Premier Petru, the branch in Malawi, announced that a woman by the name of Mary P had won 100 million after whatever. And it says, we got suspicious to the advert after we noticed that the news article was posted on Zodiac Online and then it goes on and written by a single individual. We also got, so, anyways, that, that's, uh, okay, so it says, we hereby confirm without fear or favor that Premier Pete lied to Malawians. There was a woman who won 100 million on the 20th. This is a total lie to the nation. We are giving Premier Pete 48 hours to come up and open and apologize to Malawians or else we take legal action. If they feel we have violated their rights, they are free to do the same on us. And guys, this, even the language that was actually used, is a language of authority. To say, we know, we have investigated, and this is our verdict. This is a total lie. And guess what? The NLB came and said, no, it's very true that this person actually won. 
And it's also very true that the name, uh, the, the name that was actually used was for a particular reason. Which, trust me, any reasonable guy, between, if, if for example, I won 100 million, trust me, I'm not going to say I won 100 million. I know what's going to happen. I mean, there'll be so many friend requests on Facebook. On Facebook and, and, uh, you know. and we've actually seen it. It's not the first time that it, it's not the first time in Malawi that somebody else has actually won a lot of money and they decide to, be, I mean, to, 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 to go anonymous. For me, it wasn't much about what was actually posted than, than about the comment section. And if, if I would read, uh, maybe because of, for the purpose of, of, of time, I'm not going to read every comment that is there. You look at how people were responding to that particular story. You could actually see people were believing that indeed this was a lie. And these people who are responding also have their own followers. So even in your community, you know, 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 And the moment you just mentioned about me, it's no longer about what was written, but it's about who posted it. And guys, this is where the danger comes in. And this is where our profession is a double-edged sword. It has power to distract. It has also power to, what? to construct. How we use it, I think, depends and determines how people can actually understand about what it was. What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say, guys, is that we need to be very careful with how we do our own stuff. But as I say, this relationship is symbiotic. If Bollywood wants us to write stories that are accurate, that are fair, that are balanced, Bollywood also has a role to play to ensure that that information is available. One, you guys have to be very accessible to us. Or if you say I'm going to come back to you, please come back to us. Because we are very clever at getting information. If you don't come back to us with information, we will get information. Trust me. We have ways. We've been in the business for a long time and we know our way out. Two, provide timely information. As I say, I hope this interaction is not just going to end there. It's not just here just to impress your NDP. But it's something that you really want because, trust me, if you do your job very well, there will be public confidence in what you do. And if you do your job very well, if there's public confidence, even people are going to believe whatever we write. And for us too, we'll make sure that this whatever it is that we write is something. And and, and, we, and let me just clear that. We know you've, you've brought us from whatever places that we are uh, coming from. But trust me, sometimes when we have to fight, we take the gloves out. If there is need for us, if the story is true, we will not even remember we had a chat with you, with us here. As long as it's the truth, that is at the what? At the table there, we will strive to write it. But if you want us to write the actual truth, provide us with that information when we need it. And we're going to use it in a balanced, uh, balanced manner. Provide periodic, uh, periodic briefings. Okay? We need to be briefed periodically without actually waiting for UNDP to actually find it. Sometimes just a normal interaction. 
I don't know if we still have uh, office uh, COI. Is, is it still around? Yes. Take advantage of that. You, you, and sometimes you just have to engage with the Ministry of Information. You don't have to pay anything. Just to brief us what is actually happening. For example, at the beginning of each financial year, I'm, I'm so sure you do uh, uh, put up information on who has declared, who has declared uh, their assets, who hasn't, so on and so forth. Take advantage of that. At the same time, you also have to understand how the media works. So when you go back, ask one of these journalists from, 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 from these media houses to just brief you. What is it that they have done, the challenges that they do have? So that at least you have to understand that why is it that we had a very good function and there wasn't a very good representation of the media. Get to understand the, the intricacies. I'm not saying you should understand the point that you can also work as a journalist, but you should be able to understand. They say if you want to break the rules, first of all, you have to understand the rules and then break them. So you know where you're breaking. Am I breaking on the media or am I breaking on the fly? So you also have to understand how we work. And that becomes a very easy way for us to interact productively. Understand that the media operates in line now with the access to information. So when we are coming to you, we are not begging. The Act has already provided for us an Act, a leeway to say, you guys have to give us information. So sometimes we have to my office, we have to give us information, we have to give us information, then we have to go back and start to start one. If we can take care of this, trust me, there will be a very good relationship between the media and the work and, 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 and the, and the organization. And what that means is, I'm not just talking about when things are good. Even when they are bad, when you see like we've had to step on the wrong tools, come to us. Come to us. Talk to us. That story wasn't well written. What we meant was this, 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 and this. What was supposed to happen here was this, this, and this. Then let's engage in a very constructive dialogue that we've already uh, started doing uh, right now. So for us journalists, let us always be alert. Let us be attentive. Let us read and listen more. Let us cross-check facts. Check and check again. But at all times, let's be critical. Critical does not necessarily mean that we always have to be opposing all the times. No. When there are very good things, let's write about very good things. When there are bad things, let's also write about those bad, bad things. They say, when we have to be fair, if Messi says it's raining outside, and uh, editor says, no, it's not raining, uh, it's not raining outside, it's not our duty to actually give somebody and say, can you tell me your opinion, can you tell me your opinion? Our duty is to actually go outside there and check if it is really raining outside. In other words, we are not journalists who are supposed to, to say, he said, he said, he said, he said, and that's it. Because that's what exactly happened in our stories. There's a lot of he says, he says, without actually, without actually being critical. Guys, thank you for listening.